we know how important the numbers on that soil test are to the producer and to the producer's advisor. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Welcome to today's episode. It's an honor to have you tune in and listen a bit, and we are super excited about today. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we focus on increasing yields and improving profits for growers. Guys, we're very blessed today. I have someone who has graciously agreed to give some of his time to share with us here on the podcast about some things that I think can make a big, big difference in your operation and improve your bottom line. I have a good friend who I've known for many years here. We've been working in the ag business together for about 20 years in different places, but yet together. And I have Jim Foshing from Midwest Labs on the phone with us tonight. Jim, welcome to the call. Thank you, Rod. It's my pleasure to be on the call with you folks. Well, I sincerely appreciate your time. I know you're busy and you're actually recording this while you're off the clock, and that, that means a lot to us to have you do this. So, Jim, before we get into the science and the meat of what we want to talk about tonight, I want you to tell us a little bit about you. Talk to us about where you work, you know, what area you cover, and just a little bit about you in general. Well, I'm a farm boy from kind of south central Minnesota. Grew up on a dairy farm just west of Minneapolis, about an hour. Graduated with an agronomy degree from the University of Wisconsin at River Falls. Worked for, uh, oh gosh, a number of years as a crop consultant up until... The year 1998, when I joined Midwest Laboratories, have seen just a, an amazing amount of change in the agricultural world, but then a lot of things that are still pretty basic in the agricultural world. It's always my pleasure to, to meet the individuals that are producing at, at various meetings and the individuals that are helping them produce at some of the various meetings and trade shows that I get around to. Yeah, absolutely. I always enjoy seeing you at those and, and hanging out. So you shared a little bit about your career there. So you've been with Midwest for 20 years. That's amazing. So I obviously you love the company. Talk to us about what you like about Midwest Labs from a personal perspective, from your perspective. Gosh, there are so many things, Rod. What would really and and before I joined Midwest Labs as part of their field representative staff, I was a crop consultant and used Midwest prior to that. We had a lot of options, I guess, as uh, individual consultants uh, as to where we could send soil samples. But when we wanted results that we could count on and, and a turnaround that we could use for our clients, they were always there for us. So over yep. the years, that's as I joined them, I have realized how much of an effort we as a laboratory put into making sure that our data is accurate, our processes are accurate, and what we return to our customers is usable data slash knowledge that they can use to further their production practice. That hasn't changed. We've grown a lot since I first started with Midwest Laboratories. We have a lot more folks, but all those same principles that Ken Pullman initiated when he started the laboratory back in the 70s are still in place. And I guess that that is probably my takeaway. And the takeaway I hear from my clients is that uh, we're dependable, we're accurate, we're consistent with the work that we do and can get the data back to our customers in a timely manner. You know, and in this day and age, number one, it's amazing that you stayed 20 years. You must love it because most people are jumping jobs three times a year, and here you are. But that word consistency, that's what rings true with us 
prepared a better way to farm. That's our deal to be consistent in everything that we do because nobody likes to get a surprise except on Christmas morning. And so you guys have been a big part of that. So let's talk, Jim, about the science of testing. What all goes into running these soil tests the way that we do them, you know, looking at the P1, the P2 levels, the uh, pH is too high, we're going to be taking an Olson test, you know, a bicarb test, and we're going to be looking at those things. But talk to us about the different things that happen in the process of getting the work that you do for us, where we get the data that shows NPK, the micros, the secondaries, the CEC, the organic matter, the pH. How do you guys go about that? Is that all just one test? You run it in and in 30 seconds it's done? Or how does that work? No, it's a little more complicated than that, Rob. The, the, the very first thing we do when those soil samples come into our laboratory, we unbox those samples, we lay them out on the table and match them up to the paperwork, the submittal forms that come in with those boxes and those samples. And each one of those samples is given an identification number that stays with that sample for as long as we store the data on our website and in-house. From that point on, those samples are going to be dried in a uh, drying chamber to around a temperature of around 104, 105 degrees. And what we're looking for there on those dry samples is a moisture level that's under 4% or under. Because in all the years that we've analyzed samples and looked at consistency of data, that's where we feel we need to be uh, with a great deal of confidence. So once those samples are through the drying chamber, they're taken to our grinders and then they're ground to a very fine particle size, less than two millimeters. We retain our soil samples most of the time for 30 days. At this time of the year, when we start getting 20,000 up to 30,000 samples a day in the laboratory, we don't currently have the capacity to hold those samples for more than 10 days, maybe 14. Wow. Out of that sample, 20 to th- tw- Wait a minute. You said 20 to 30,000 a day? On the very busiest days, yes, we've hit the 20,000 mark already. It's a little bit early. Uh, we, we usually see those kind of numbers rolling in closer to the starting around the 15th, and they, they started last week already. So, Wow. But here's the thing, okay. Rob. We, we know we're going to do that kind of volume. We bring in uh, temporary help every season because, you know, we can't do it with our original staff at that volume. And we start training those folks back in August. Uh, as to what they need to do to lay those samples out, put that identification number on, and get them prepped for the cups where we actually go in and scoop one for organic matter, another one for P1, another one for P2, the phosphorus one and two. If it is a high pH soil, then there's another one for the Olson test. We run all the cations, the potassium, the magnesium, the calcium, off of one scoop. We call those our, that exchangeable measurement. We're taking another scoop for our soil pH. And if we're doing micronutrients, that's another scoop as well. We can run all the micronutrients as a package with our GTPA extraction. If we're running nitrate, that's another scoop. So there's potentially one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different scoops that come out of that cup for all the tests that we do on our complete soil test report. Nice. Okay. I want to talk to you for a second. I I have some biases. I I tell everyone we all have biases, just some of us will admit it and some won't. I'm very biased towards using the P1, P2 through the the braid testing as opposed to taking a malic test. I know you guys do both, correct? Correct. Okay. 
So talk to us about the difference between a Bray test and a Malik test. Let's define the Malik 3 test is, is uh, what you're referring to, Rod, and that's, that is a uh, single extraction test that analyzes all micronutrients. The Malik 3 extraction was designed for the acidic soils in the southeast part of the United States, and it's, it is making some headway into the Midwest because it is a one extraction procedure other than organic matter and pH, which are, are separate from that. When we compare a malic phosphorus number, for example, that is run through an ICAP to a Bray-1 extraction, we're going to see a difference. Uh, and and we've, you know, we've looked at this in house for a number of years. We're, we're going to see a difference in that value of approximately 33 to 35% higher with that malic extraction. Okay. So, the thought process is, well, okay, so you're measuring available and potentially available phosphorus, but we don't know that it's potentially available. That is, in our world, that is what the P2 test is designed to do, is to, and it, our phosphorus 2, or P2 value, contains the value from the P1. We like to see those numbers be roughly two parts of a P2 to a one part of a P1. So, for example, if your P1 was 25, we'd like to see a P2 value of 50, so that we know there's another 50 parts per million of phosphorus in reserve that that plant can draw up during the course of the growing season as it pulls up the soluble form in the P1 range. And I, um, and I appreciate that. And we very much like that ratio to, to C2 because that will tell us, it tells me other things. You know, if it's out, way out of whack or something broken or something maybe it isn't working like it's supposed to is a better way to say it. So I appreciate that. So you run all these different tests for us for 22 bucks. That seems like a pretty good deal. We've only raised our soil test prices once since I started with the lab. We have improved in other areas. Let's say we're, we're more efficient. The advent of using uh, paperless submittal forms through the Internet has saved a lot of paperwork and paperwork, so to speak, so that we can move those processes through the lab a lot faster. We've expanded our receiving area to handle the kind of volumes that I, I mentioned earlier and that we receive every year. Wow. So it's just a matter of paying attention to detail and, and working. We know how important the numbers on that soil test are to the producer and to the producer's advisor as they're making recommendations. That's how I look at it from my days as a crop consultant. I wanted to be confident in the numbers that I was seeing and making sure that I was making the right decisions for my customer. And, and that, more than anything, is what has, has kept me with uh, Midwest for these years because I see that uh, every day and every year. And, our, and I appreciate our longer that. Clients, uh, yeah. Excuse me. Our longer-term uh, clients who keep track of that data every sample period see that same consistency too. You know, and it's for us – I, I tell everybody when I sit down and I'm going through these tests for the guys that we work with, if the agronomist or the guy doing the, the recommendations does not feel a burden, I really think he should be fired because if the person making the recs makes a bad decision, it has a huge financial impact on that farm. And so having quality data to work from in order to make those recommendations is everything. I, I talked to a guy the other day and he said, well, my guy that does my testing, he just goes out and gets a couple of tile spade pulls of dirt out of each bucket and sends it in. And I was or out of each field and just sends it in. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me this day and age. You know, we're not taking cores. We're not making sure that they're, you know, randomized, so to speak. And it's, 
it's just crazy because we make all those decisions. Jim, talk to us. Why Midwest Labs? I mean, you've, you've alluded to it. You've talked about why it's important you to be there. Talk to us about some of the differences that you see in the processes there of working with, with Midwest. If I send my soul to you versus someone else, we're going to let someone else stay nameless. But let's talk about, you know, why is it that you would encourage me to use Midwest over somebody else? Lab folks get together, you know, for di- for different events during the course of the year. And, and you get to learn about other labs' processes just by doing your sales work and sales calls and comparing what you're hearing and seeing from someone who maybe is using a, a competitive lab. And there are a number of differences that I hear about. Uh, one is some labs may dry their soils at a higher temperature to get them out and get them processed and get the data back to that consultant or dealer, whoever it might be. Well, we, we know from experience that that's going to change that value, and it's not going to be a realistic value, and it's not going to be a consistent value when you do something like that, just to speed up your process. Quality programs or check sample programs, we belong to three of them throughout the nation. A lot of other labs do as well, but maybe not all of them that we take part in. We are also running check sample programs with various states where we get a blind sample and we have to analyze that sample and report it back and then we're given a score on that sample. And are we perfect every time? Yeah, not always, but uh, we are 90% or better on any result that I have ever seen from the different states or from the national check sample programs. And, And we're looking at joining one more just to try to improve ourselves as well. Nice. So that's I love that. That's where the consistency comes in. You um, know, I've had the honor of touring your lab, and it, it just blows me away to to walk through it. I I actually went out once with my daughter, who was doing some project for a science fair, and it was just cool. To, I've been through it several times, but the trip with her was amazing because there was just two of us, and so we got quite the tour. Talk to us about you know I send you in my soil. Twenty thousand other people sent soil in today, so you're running twenty thousand and one tests. But the fact of the matter is, I know you guys run what, I don't know what you call them, uh, blanks, or you call them a a test deal, but it's something with a known value as a verification. Talk to us about that process and how frequently you have those checks in there so you're checking yourself all the time. We lay uh, those cups after everything is dried, ground, and ground in trays of 40 of those cups holding soil. And that's just, they're they're, they come in and they're placed in those trays as we uh, process the samples. So every 39th cup is a known check sample. That means we know what that value is on that soil sample. It's in every tray, but it is, is not always in the 39th position. It can move around from tray to tray to tray, so it's not always in the same spot. We also run blanks, samples that have no nutritional value in them, so we can pick up any bleed over or carryover. From an instrumentation, uh, if during the run, as we as we analyze the samples, we're able to uh, run high values and low values along with those blanks. Those are incorporated throughout the run. In our world, on our phosphorus test, the P2 is an automatic check sample on our P1 value because it is a stronger acid extraction. So we should never see a P2 value that would be lower than or even equal to a P1 value. And if we do see that, we're going to rerun that phosphorus test in particular. But those uh, those check samples are run every day throughout the day on those trays so that we know 
when or if you call in with a question and on a result, we are able to go back and look at, at all the samples between those two check samples and see if there was a check sample that uh, maybe was off a little bit or for whatever the reason might be. I mean, we're, we're not infallible, but we are going to pay attention to the numbers as they come through. And the biggest part of that is as those numbers come through, as all the processes and all the nutrients are analyzed, is that there is someone looking at that data before that report goes out. And if there is any question on, on what some of those values or numbers might be, we're going to do a rerun on the whole sample or maybe just on, well, let's say a micronutrient uh, didn't look normal for that soil type or that CEC or that pH. Uh, we might rerun that that sample and maybe some around it just to make sure. Nice. Your checks and balances give me great confidence, and I think that's the thing about it is that, you know, for me, I'm not exploring other labs. There are people who gravitate, oh, there's something new, there's something exciting, there's something blah, blah, blah. But I see a lot of times the new and the sexy that people gravitate to is not proven. And I like proven. And so you guys have proven to us that you're very consistent. We go forth with great confidence. And from my perspective, you know, we're going to make recommendations down to how many ounces of a micronutrient that person needs to apply per acre. And when we're making recommendations so finite as, you know, four ounces or eight ounces or 16 ounces, we have to have a high degree of confidence that what we're doing is working. And I really appreciate you guys. Now, when you send tests back through us, when we work together, we send in our soil, we send in our transmittal, you do the analytical work that you give everybody else. You give the recommendations based upon a dry broadcast program, so they have that to look at and compare to. And then you make our system, through our own system, actually writes those recommendations based on that data down to the ounces per acre. And I just really appreciate the job that you guys do a lot. Uh, Jim, I'm going to close here in a minute, but before I do, first of all, let's talk about how a person who's listening to this could get a hold of either you or if you would prefer that they call the lab itself, because I know you only have a certain area. Talk to us about how people can get a hold of Midwest Labs and start doing business with them. Well, the easy way is to go to our website, www.midwestlabs.com. Uh, there's a chat box on there. Our number is listed on that website, 402-334-7770. You will talk to a live person if they're not all busy. And even if they are, somebody else in the lab might pick up that phone and help you. If you look on our website, you'll be able to also find a listing of where all the field representatives in the uh, Midwest system are located and what their phone number and email address is. Or if you do reach one of our client service ladies and, and want to talk directly to me or any of the field reps that are working in your area, they'll be more than happy to pass along that information to you as well. Fabulous. You know, one thing I didn't mention, and I should, I want to talk briefly about resources because you guys have a ton of resources. For instance, you have the agronomy handbook, and I, I do a lot of uh, videos, trainings off of it, and I use your, your resource a lot. But let's talk about some of the different resources that they can get for free and some of the resources that they can purchase. Can you do that for just a few minutes? Sure. If you log on to the Midwest Labs webpage, and you don't even have to be a client to access our resources page. Uh, it's listed right at the top of the page. If you click on that, you'll see some of the information we might have there on, for example, how do you, what's a, what's, what is the best way to take a soil sample if I'm a 
a yield uh, or a strip bander, so to speak. You know, I put some of my nutrients in the band. I put some of them outside the band. How should I take that sample? Do you want information on some of the different nitrate testing programs that we do? There's a memo on, on nitrate testing. A couple that I've sent out this week already, one was on what we as a laboratory consider our optimum values uh, in the different nutrient categories. And the other uh, memo was on how to take a proper soil cyst nematode test, because we do offer that service as well. So it's nice. www.midwestlabs, and then click on the resources page and search through that as to get what you need. I actually have a copy of your table of ratings showing, you know, like what the different, for instance, potassium levels should be based upon the CEC of the soil. And I find that exceedingly helpful in helping guys make good decisions as to how much uh, potassium to apply. And, uh, you know, there's just so much in there that I just really appreciate. And I wanted to give a big shout out to that because the people who are looking to learn and get better, you guys can really, really help them. So we thank you for having. And those resources are available basically at no charge for most of them, free downloads, and uh, I think that's an awesome service that you guys do. Any closing comments before I close this up? Just one I guess I'd like to make for, for the folks that are listening. Midwest Laboratory started out as a pretty small lab in one building, and, and everybody worked in one building. And as, as we've expanded over the last 47 years, we're now in 13 buildings. A few years ago, we had the opportunity to buy a uh, building in Papillon, Nebraska, so Midwest Labs will eventually be moving to Papillon, but we will once again be able to bring all our laboratories under one roof. And that will include space for uh, holding meetings and conference rooms and just be a lot easier on the staff to move around from area to area. So that's well, we're I super just excited want to let everybody know we're moving forward with that. Yeah, and we're super excited for you guys to be doing that, to have you know one campus, so to speak, and make it a lot easier. I am excited about that. Well, guys, we try to keep these podcasts in about 30 minutes. We're rapidly approaching that. I could spend an hour and a half more on the phone with Jim. I mean, there are things we didn't talk about, like doing nitrate testing. We didn't talk about the fact that the importance that I see in doing nitrogen testing in the spring to see what's available and how much I would like you to do both a nitrate test and an ammonium form test. We can talk about that another day. I've had such a good time, Jim. If you'd uh, come back, I'd probably be honored to have you do this one more time. Is that something I could con you into at some point in time? That would be my pleasure, Rob. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we're going to close this up, and uh, we thank you for tuning in. If you find value in what we do, we'd ask a couple things. Would you please share this with a friend? We'd also be honored if you would give us a rating and maybe leave a comment or two on the podcast. If you're interested in more information, our flagship is still Facebook. There are about 800 videos there that you can take a look at. A lot of those are training I received from Midwest Labs. Feel free to stop by TikTok and see some short-form video there. Swing by betterwaytofarm.com and fill out the profit calculator to see what ideas you can grab that you can implement into 2023 to improve your profitability. Guys, it's an honor to be a little bitty part of your life. We thank you for being a loyal listener. And we just want to say we really do hope you guys are having a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.